Hey there, Joshua here. Uh, I'm sitting in the parking lot at uh, Roughware in Bend, Oregon. Uh, where I've just come from my interview uh, with Will Blunt, the uh, president of the company. Uh, I'd like to say thank you to Laura Grayson for recommending Will to participate here. We, we touched base sometime in early summer, and uh, as one could imagine, uh, his schedule is pretty busy. So we... Uh, had a chance to briefly talk a week or so ago, and then we had this appointment for today. And um, based on that previous conversation, I knew that today's interview was going to be pretty special. Um, he's got a really um, thoughtful and soft approach um, that I aspire to. Um, I find him very inspiring in his ability to uh, look at things from a slightly different perspective or his choice to look at things from a different perspective and uh, I, I hope to emulate that. Um, I find uh, I find Will to be a very sincere person um, with a lot of care and um, it'll be quite obvious to you uh, as you listen to this interview or, or read through it. Um, so, uh, big thank you to Will, and uh, yeah, big thank you to you for listening or reading, and uh, come back again soon. Thanks a lot. We're rolling here. Um, how old are you for the record? 46. Great. Uh, who are you, and how do you describe yourself? Well, my name is Will Blunt. Um, I'm a 46-year-old man that happens to be a son, a father, a brother, a husband. Um, but those are ultimately just different roles that I've played and um, I'm realizing that I am, I'm really a, a multi-dimensional person that I'm still getting to know, right? Getting to, to look inside and learn and, um, and I, I recognize I'm evolving as well and that's exciting for me. Um, I sometimes consider myself a navigator. I like the analogy of being on a river and helping people find the line so that they don't get flipped on a, in a hole or eddied out into a rock. So um, I'm inspired by movement, this idea of flow of energy and staying in the current. I'm really interested to see how you'll answer this one. Uh, what concerns you about the state of the world and humanity, our interactions with each other, in a way that really affects you personally? And, and then what motivates you or inspires you to do something about it? You know, I recently heard this saying from a tribal elder, and he said that mankind has come too far. And I think it's around this idea that we have, we have been so innovative that we've lost our connection to nature. We've lost our connection to ourself. And, um, and so recognizing that, you know, there are things that while we might have had positive intentions, um, we have, um, we have exceeded our capacity to stay connected to those around us and to ourselves. And, 
and I think it plays out a lot. I mean, you know, if you look at the environment for one, um, you know, that is, that's hard for me to see what we're doing to our living planet, our home, right, our mother. And, and um, so I think this, this idea that we need to just take a breath and recognize where is this serving us? Where do we use this great creative gift that we have of intelligence and, and use that to mimic what, you know, what is happening in the form of nature around us. I mean, if, if we're going to progress and evolve, um, that's the best thing to follow. I mean, we look at how these systems um, are really integrated to support a healthy ecosystem. What inspires me is also, you know, some of what we are learning um, as well as biomimicry as a way to be more efficient in capturing light into a building. Um, my children inspire me. Uh, you know, I am, I look at my generation. I um, grew up with parents that were um, from the South, Birmingham, Alabama, and look at my grandfather and my father and my generation. We're, we're way less racist as a generational family. You know, my children have it figured out. Um, they're much more open and accepting of others. And I go back, you know, two generations and I don't think that's, that was the case. Mm. So, um, so I see a lot of good happening. Um, I think that even in the last 50 years, um, there's been a lot of amazing progress. I, I had the, the privilege to um, float on the middle fork of the Salmon um, River in Idaho last summer. And we were celebrating the 50th year of the Wild and Scenic River Act. And it's this remote place where wildlife is thriving. You know, you'd be sitting on what you call on the river the Groover, which is an outdoor toilet, um, on a bucket, and you look downriver and you see bald eagles flying up the riverway and, and river otters playing and dancing. And um, so I see a lot of um, really amazing things, and that inspires me to want to be a better person as well. Mm. This idea of our, you know, coming too far and losing a bit of touch um, kind of conjures up a lot of feelings or judgment in me about uh, productivity and um, economy and finance and pursuit of money and accumulation of material object. Mm -hmm. Does that, you know, how do you reconcile all of that? Uh, and maintain that inspiration that you just mentioned and, and, and maintain that good faith and, and hope? You know, it's been a, it's been a journey for me to try to really get clear why it is I do what I do. I think early in my work career, I was very motivated to help build and grow a company that would be turned around and sold. And that the, the selling of the organization would be the accomplishment, right? It was validated by someone else willing to buy it and put their money behind it. And, and today, fast forward, you know, 18 years later, um, that doesn't inspire me, that doesn't motivate me. What, um, you know, what, 
wakes me up early and you know and motivates me to stay up late is the people that are coming to work every day to help contribute to a common goal and they're doing it with their own unique talents and abilities and they're thriving and they're growing and and uh, you know the tribe um, is stronger than the individual ego that once was for me and that's that's super rewarding and so getting clear of why I do what I do and and recognizing that um, yeah there's a certain amount of money that I need to afford the a lifestyle I've become accustomed to um, but that's not why I do it anymore um, I, I don't need that validation from an external um, source it's it's really now for me coming from within hmm. i think we might all be better off if we could adopt that i struggle with the idea of like wanting the same for myself or others wanting the same for for what they do but being trapped is kind of in a cycle that is just perpetuating like it's almost a frantic pace of like having to 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 keep up or or lose yeah you know and, yeah. and it, for some it might be very real right like keep up or lose your job or lose your marriage or you're separated from your children or i don't know it's it's um I want so bad to believe that it's this choice and you can just decide to opt out of it, but sometimes it feels like we are really just kind of stuck. And, and this isn't, you know, I, I don't expect you to have every answer to every question I have, but it's, uh, it feels very complicated. Um, and sometimes I wonder if only a few people get to decide. Mm. Yeah. You know, I don't think we can escape the human experience. Um, and I think it's a shared experience. Um, there's this great, great quote by Wavy Gravy who says, we're all just bozos on the bus, so we might as well sit back and enjoy the ride, right? <laughs> we're all going through it in mm -hmm. one form, shape, or the other. And, um, and so I think that's where like, being able to recognize that what might be happening for someone that has a million dollars in the bank account or you know a hundred million or a billion isn't that much different at the end of the day from someone that that might not um, they're still going through the challenges you know I you know I am fortunate and I recognize I have a lot of privilege in my life um, you know I was born you know healthy um, you know I'm a white man um, you know I'm six foot two so you know I've got all these advantages that other people didn't necessarily have and and so I think recognizing that um, is is part of my role to ensure that I honor that right and, and I can I can use those benefits um, to perhaps help others in a way where they weren't they weren't fortunate to have the same set of situation. Uh, ultimately, though, you know, fear is a powerful force, and 
and I, I think that you know it gets used um, and and abused in ways that um, that create a, a narrative in our own lives that is really quite separate from who we really are at the end of the day and we can get caught up in it so easily you know there's there's really wonderful people that have done a lot of bad things um, because they just get caught up in that and I'm no exception um, to that and and being able to stop and reflect on that um, you know helps me recognize that um, that I have more work to do um, and and that it's my work right it's it's not something that is going to be done for me and and that's also exciting too because it gives me a sense of ownership and control um, the power that I have the ability to to create a new situation a new environment um, and I can do it with somewhat unplugging from what we hear, what we see, um, what we're fed through various, you know, news outlets and um, stories that really pull us away from who we really are. Mm. So for me, it's really it's once again getting more familiar with myself and mm. and recognizing who is the authentic will and what what do I need to be doing to make sure that. Um, that my voice is being heard in a way that aligns with that authenticity. Hmm. What do other people mean to you? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I'm learning that other people really are a mirror, right? They provide a reflection back to me. Um, and so um, it's this opportunity to learn something. Um, you know, I, I've been very fortunate to, um, to have loving, a loving family and parents and two amazing children and a wife that, that helped me recognize um, you know, my beauty, my gifts, um, but also help me recognize when I'm out of alignment um, with that. And so there, you know, people are an opportunity for, um, for this self-reflection to, you know, learn and grow, um, get to know myself better. Um, you know, when I, you know, I'm learning that when I'm triggered by someone, it's really, it's something that is being triggered within myself. And I, I, I'm now stopping to take a moment and go, what is really going on there for me? Um, it's not you, it's me. Um, how, do I, how do I change that, um, turn it within, and, um, and show up in a way that isn't you know, based on you know, this limbic fight, flight, or freeze sy syndrome that we all, you know, we all come from, you know? We are, we are basically descendants of the most paranoid people of Earth, right? You know, you look at our ancestors and those that didn't run at the slightest sound were eaten by a lion or killed by something, right? And so we've got that like built into our genetic biology that 
that that's the way we need to show up. But you know, nowadays, walking down the street, we're not going to be mauled by a bear necessarily. Um, so, um, so yeah, I think it's you know, it's this opportunity to connect and learn more about myself, um, and 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 I and I get to like be amazed at um, what they're creating themselves. We're co-creating this together, and so they're um, they're partners in you know this. This, this manifestation of our bliss, um, our aliveness, and um, we get to ride that wave together mm -hmm. through the peaks and the troughs, right? The, the joys and the hardships, mm -hmm. and, um, and, I, and I share that with them. <clears throat> Most people that I encounter, and especially, um, I, I think invariably throughout this project, people have uh, at least voiced a lot of importance on their relationships and other people. It seems to be a pretty common focus. Um, so I've defined community as our relationships with one another and the world that we live in. So it's pretty broad, all-encompassing. <clears throat> so if our relationships are paramount, like, like we seem to suggest that they are, um, then it kind of like community is that focus. Why are we having such a difficult time um, considering everybody's needs and, and why are we dealing with inequalities and judgments and you know on, on a huge spectrum yeah. uh, of violence and aggression and when when we're all in this situation where like we know what we mean to each other mm. because we think about it and concentrate it on it every single day but we 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 seem to be and again like i i don't know i mean i'm fascinated to hear what you'll have to say because you've got a different perspective on a lot of these questions than what i've found to be normal you know I, i'm willing to admit that the way i see the world is like like we were talking about before we started recording, like through my lens. Yeah. And I might be projecting a lot, or, and that might be due to lots of things, <laughs> childhood traumas and adult traumas. And I just see so much pain, and mm. I feel so much pain, and I just don't, and I cause so much pain. Mm. And I just don't understand why. Do you have thoughts on that? Yeah. I think that, um, you know, for the most part, we're asleep, right? We're, we're, um, we're so caught up in everything around us, um, you know, the, the speed at which information and the amount of information that is that is being streamed into our lives every millisecond of every moment is overwhelming us um, we you know our our internal like circuitry wasn't designed for for the rate at which we're getting this and and it, we're starting to shut down we're starting to you know, like 
fall asleep because we're overwhelmed, right? It just like overload, it's like the computer, you just, it can't, it needs more processing power. And so I think that, um, I think that when we're, you know, when, when we start to awaken and we start to be very careful with the type of information we let in, um, you know, we spoke earlier, the type of people that we hang out with, the, um, the choices that we make around, um, you know, substance abuse to further numb us, to further, you know, keep us in that, you know, that sleep state um, causes us to feel disconnected from ourselves. Um, you know, the, the separation that we have with um, our living planet, right? You know, um, Pachamama, you know, Mother Earth um, makes us feel disconnected. And, and I think that that, you know, that's, that's a, a real root cause that, you know, when we are disconnected, we, um, we start to, we start to see the world, we start to lash out um, because we're not, um, we're not balanced, we're not grounded. Um, we're, you know, this, this frenetic energy that um, is like trying to play an instrument that's out of tune, right? We're out of tune as, as, as a society, as, as um, members within the society. Um, and there's also some amazing examples of um, cultures and communities that, um, that don't feel that way. Um, you know, another um, a story, um, um, and this is, you know, a tribal elder that um, came into the city and he was talking to a friend of his and he was looking around and he was saying, you know, um, these people here, um, they, they have, um, they point their finger at us because um, we, you know, we live in these remote jungles as community. And I look around and, and I see what's happening, or, you know, in, in the city around me. And, and we don't, as a community, we don't have any hospitals, right? We don't have any men mental institutes. We don't have any jails. And they're calling us primitive, right? And so, and, you know, in this advancement of, you know, technology for the pursuit of who knows what, we've lost our way. We've fallen asleep and um, disconnected from ourselves in the process. And, and I think that just gets projected outwards. You know, we don't see the way the world it is. We see the way we project into it. And if we, if we don't know um, what's going on within, we don't know what's going on. And, and that's where disagreements and um, anger and hatred and um, fear get generated. Right? How, 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 can, how can you be at peace with another if you're not at peace with yourself? How can you love another if you don't love yourself? It's just impossible. You can't do it. This next uh, question is on the subject of hope, but um, I'm, I'm going through a big rewrite. <laughs> uh, so it takes me a moment to get it all out. But uh, 
somebody that I interviewed several months ago helped me reframe reframe this. I, I used to say, uh, you know, do you have hope for a better future? And he, and he turned it around and kind of said, well, it's just up to us. Like, there's not hope. Hope really isn't part of it. It's just about accepting responsibility and, and taking on the task of creating a better future. So um, let's just take what you were just talking about. You know, there's, there, and, and we could be really simple and just say that there, there's generally speaking a group of people that could accept what you just said, right? That we are out of tune and then Obviously, there's many nuances here, but let's just say there's another group of people that says that, no, like, we're moving forward and progressing, and this is the best it can be mm-hmm. every day. Um, I, I would put myself in the, like, we're out of tune camp yeah. if I had to choose between the two. And that's the camp that resonates with me. Those are the feelings and thoughts that resonate with me. Those are the things that drive me to do this project. And, um, drive my interactions with everyone and, and, and help me to look for love and uh, camaraderie and companionship and all of these things that, that really just, um, it's why I feel like I'm here. Yeah. Uh, so will that group, I guess, accept the responsibility that is ours and will we work together to make a better future or... I. I and I know this is such an oversimplification, but like, will it continue on this path that it seems to be on and will things get kind of weirder and weirder? Yeah. You could look into your... Uh, the crystal, <laughs> crystal ball. ball. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I'll go back to this idea um, that you started with and um, that is the word hope itself. Right? I mean, that's... Um, those words infer a lot. Um, you know, this idea of hope is really saying that things should be different than they already are. And that in itself creates separation. Um, that creates um, a lot of judgment, both externally, but, you know, as I have come to believe, it's really internal judgment. And so that doesn't mean that you don't wish for or work towards, um, you know, changing things in a way that, you know, creates a, a higher vibration amongst, um, you know, the community um, and society. But, but I, I really think it, the question is, how does change start to occur? And, and for me, it once again, it, it, it gets pointed back inwards. Like if I can, if I can really be in the present and I can be okay with everything as it is in this moment, that's the first step. Because that's the way it is, right? There's no changing that. There's no fighting the reality of the present moment. Um, everything in the past has happened. Everything in the future is yet to come. And so, you know, it's like, let's, let's drop this like angst and frustration that things need to change because they're not, they're the way they are. That's okay. Now, if, if I can recognize that, I can be you know, in your company um, without all of these preconceived ideas of how this inter- interview should be different, then um, we can get somewhere. We can start to, we can really talk and, and I can understand what's going on for you. You can understand what's going on for me. 
and that's where I think we find common ground um, because we're we're always making stories up, right, to try to fill in our narrative because we we've got to we've got to operate from this place where we think we know what's going on. When the reality is we probably don't, um, and so. So while you know, while I think that there is, you know, there is a there is a part of me that still still really wants to believe things need to be different. Right? Being a parent has such incredible lessons, and you know, I've got a teenager now, and and I worry that sometimes as a teenager she's making you know decisions for herself that aren't going to serve her, um, and so when I experience you know a situation. As a parent, I can come at it from two different ways. Like you did this wrong, or this is just part of her ongoing learning journey. And and it's you know recognizing that you know she is where she needs to be, and that's perfect in itself. And and I'm there to provide the support that she needs um, when when those times like align for her. But I can't. You know, I can't force her to change. I can only change myself. And I believe that gets reflected back into her. Hmm. And so, you know, I, I agree with you that, you know, there are opportunities for us to do better um, as these really powerful, you know, manifestors of what we're creating around us. But how that happens is the distinction for me. I really believe it's all internal. Like if you can change yourself and everything is in some way, shape or form connected, you're gonna change a lot of things. Um, if I can change myself, I'm gonna change, but I can't change you and you can't change me. And, and so for me to get frustrated about what you're doing, doesn't do anything. It just, you know, it makes you probably feel worse and you wanna push back, right? You know, we, there's this thing where, you know, the harder you push into something, the harder it pushes back. It's just this, you know, seems like this universal law of balance. And so let's, let's figure out a different way to go about creating change. And, and I think that that starts within. Hmm. Well, you didn't disappoint with that answer. Thanks. <laughs> um, we're winding down here. Uh, do you have a sense of purpose? Not one sense of purpose. Um, I I have things that um, that that make me feel more alive as an individual, and I am learning how to tune into those um, those signals and follow. Um, follow that, um, those lessons that are within. And so, you know, m my, my sense of purpose, you know, in a way is to continue to be more, more in tune with myself as an individual um, and, and to learn how to follow my bliss and, and, um, and, you know, create things that that seem to um, to awaken that you know that 
that powerful person within. Do you have a sense of where that comes from, that, that, that uh, self or that, or that, that um, the origins of, of what makes you feel in tune or, you know, feeling bliss or... Yeah. You know, I, I've been doing a lot of um, readings and exploring different um, religions and spiritual practices. And um, what's fascinating um, is um, if, you, if you go back thousands of years and you look at these different um, mythologies that um, cultures across the planet um, have, and, and this is at a time where there's no modern technology, there's no modern communication between, um, between these people. You find very similar themes, very similar, you know, storylines that, you know, it might be Jesus or it might be the Buddha or what have you, but ultimately they're saying the same thing. And I believe that that somewhere is coming from, you know, this idea of, of one. We are all part of a broader consciousness that, um, that, that is more connected than it is separate. Mm -hmm. And so I think, that, um, I think that that sense is shared within all of us. Um, if, we can, if we can be still, and silent enough to listen, um, I think that that, you know, it comes within. I, you know, they, they did, they, I've heard this study that they, they thought that our thoughts were generated from the external environment. And so they um, put people in kind of this um, chamber where they floated them in water and it was completely dark and they measured their, um, their brain waves and what they learned is the longer they were in there by themselves without any outside stimulus the more the brain was like talking to itself and it was this recognition that things are happening within not necessarily do we get that stuff with um, in an external environment so I think that's that's true for all of us um, we just we're, um, we're not necessarily listening to that. We're, we're, we're listening to the external environment and that clouds our own understanding of what's happening within ourselves. Thank you. Do you, um, do you have any closing thoughts? Anything that uh, you'll kick yourself for not, <laughs> for not putting out there? Well, I just want to thank you for doing this work. I mean, we, we spoke the other day and, um, you know, it's, you know, your, your motivation um, and your drive to approach something um, outside of some kind of financial reward is, it's, you know, it's an honor to witness, really. And, um, and you know, the conversations we've had, while still brief, um, you know, gives me hope that um, we, we still have the ability to um, to communicate and connect um, as as individuals, and 
and it's inspiring me to right want to figure out how to like put aside the the mile long to do list and and sit down with a colleague and really get to know them and what what are they thinking and you know where are they coming from um, so um, it's you know it's it's an inspiration. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks a lot. You're welcome.